Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Hi, I'm Matt. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. Through creative content and live shows, we explain the hidden details of the Disney experience so that our clients can execute memorable adventures. Together with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel, we have helped hundreds of clients plan, book, and prepare for magical Disney vacations. Let our experience help you avoid common planning mistakes and maximize the enjoyment on your next Disney trip. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight again. I'm Matt with the DPI Podcast. Um, want to thank everybody that subscribes, uh, likes, listens, all those fun things. Um, we do have a good following. We have 242 subscribers now over on YouTube. If you are not a YouTube subscriber, please go over there, hit that subscribe button, drop an emoji in the chat, you know, engagement. We like engagement. You know, if you got a question about something we say on the show, if you have a question about planning a Disney trip, get in touch with us at one of the social media accounts at the bottom. If you're listening to us on the audio podcast at DPI Podcast over on Facebook, at PATM Disney Travel on Facebook, at Disney Insights on Twitter. Easiest ways to get a hold of us. So, like I said earlier, little bit different show tonight. A uh, couple of pre-recorded segments. Peter did have a uh, a pre-planned responsibility with the high school this uh, this evening, so he is helping with the scoring for girls basketball or something like that. And uh, we went ahead and we talked last night about this week's big topics. Um, and by big topics, I mean big topic. The replacement of Bob Chapek as CEO of Walt Disney World, or of the Walt Disney Company. Um, it is a huge deal um, as long as things actually change. If nothing changes, it's not a big deal and they just change the name up front. Um, but if something does change, it is a big deal. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into that segment. And I'm gonna kind of sit here and monitor everything live. So if you do have a question or want me to respond to something that we do say on the pre-recorded segment, definitely put it down in the chat and I'll either uh, respond in the chat or once the interview is over, I will come back on and respond to it live on the air. All right, uh, we are coming to you a day after we tape this. Um, we're taping this on Monday night just to kind of get the news out that happened last night. So I've got Peter Salvadori with Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel with me tonight. Peter, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing well. We'll see how long it takes before my camera shuts off for absolutely zero reason. <laughs> Seems to be a, a tradition like no other right now. So, um, so really three big news stories 
this week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and get our 15-minute timer going, and let's let's talk about the news. Okay, so the first huge, enormous thing that happened is I'm sitting on my couch last night, getting ready to watch the Elton John Yellow Brick Road concert on Disney+. And all of a sudden, my Twitter erupts with stuff. And apparently, that's what the executives in the Disney suite at Dodger Stadium had as well. <laughs> um, because apparently, that's where they found out. And what they found out was that Bob Chapek was no longer with the company. And Bob Iger is coming back. Um, which is a huge deal. So Bob Iger was the CEO of Disney prior to Chapek, prior to the pandemic, prior to a lot of the questionable decisions that happened within the company. Um, first off, kind of give me your thoughts on kind of when it happened and how it happened. Kind of what, what kind of mindset does that put you in? I was just, I don't know. Um, we were also sitting there last night and right. Cause last night, the, today is Monday technically because I right now am at a basketball game with my student media team. So, uh, so we were sitting on the couch Sunday night and we were watching football and all of a sudden Jesse goes, Oh my gosh, Bob Iger is coming back and Chapik is, it says resigned and I'm like yeah right ha ha <laughs> like that was my immediate my immediate statement to my wife was ha 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 yeah very very funny and then she goes no seriously I go okay what's the source and then like Walt Disney Comp like she's like look it's <laughs> Walt like oh oh and I my immediate I just started laughing, actually, is what I did. When I like, <laughs> it was like my immediate thought and reaction to this because immediately I was like, holy cow, somebody with a lot more power, pull, and sway than already an incredibly powerful man of Bob Chapik has made a decision that whether it's we're completely upset with the way that we're going or we just need to shift gears to just like it was it was without warning there there was there was like you said the the disney executives themselves were like what wait a minute the guy in charge is wait a minute and just to pull the rug like that just seemed a so incredibly um sudden and also really makes you wonder. And my immediate thought is, wow. The the larger powers that be, like, they clearly are upset with the direction the company is heading. And, well, um, and you talk about the larger powers that be, you know, JPEG was the CEO of Disney Company, but he still had to answer to a board of directors. Right. And what, what had happened in the last about month is there is a hostile takeover attempt on the stock share side 
by a company. And the board of directors are looking at that very, very seriously right now um, because they don't want any infiltration into what they've got right now. Um, so Chapik was actually supposed to introduce Elton John onto the stage last night at Dodger Stadium. Um, so, you know, you want to talk about sudden and awkward, and apparently he found out right before it happened, right before the press release went out. Um, but a couple of things that Iger did right when he stepped into the role. The first thing he, he did was he sent an email to all the cast, all the cast members that work for Disney, basically saying, hey, I'm back. I'm glad to be back. I'm only going to be here for two years to find a successor, and then I'm leaving. The second thing he did, and it wasn't really well publicized, is he sent out an email to all of the entertainment team and said, if any of you have any scripts that have been turned down that you think are good enough to make a movie, I want them on my desk. I want the best 10 pages of them on my desk by 1 a.m. Um, so he's really jumping into it head first and, and really moving. And I think that's one thing when you think about you know, Eisner and then Iger, they did a real good job of building that entertainment side strong. Um, and then the parks very much benefited from a very strong entertainment segment in the Disney company. Um, and, I, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. Now, what concerns me is when you look at where Chapik was before he came up, he was in the director of parks, entertainment, and products. It's a big segment. Um, and that is Josh DeMauro's role right now. And I think Josh DeMauro has as much to do with what's going on at the parks and what's going on um, with Disney as a whole, with, with a lot of the things that are being put out there as negative, at, just as Chapik does. I, I think it was kind of 1A and 1B when you look at that decision-making process. You know, what does Iger do to come in and kind of change the mindset of what Chapik referred to as the the legacy park goer, the people that have been to the parks multiple times that know the experiences are no longer that are no longer there. Yeah, you and I were texting back and forth about this, and um, you had brought up, you know, the fact that it has not been a great big beautiful tomorrow. To wow, you went there. <laughs> wow, I I've been waiting. I've been waiting to throw that. <laughs> Right. Um, so you brought up the fact that it'll be really telling, like you said, Iger immediately came back in and sort of, I don't know, did like a call to arms, essentially what you were just talking about with, you know, sort of like, hey, all of the stuff that was like, I wonder, does this immediately reverse Chapix news last week about the the freezing and the layoffs coming and all of this stuff, like those will be the big telling signs for me, right? So either Iger's going to come in and grab tomorrow under his wing and say, listen, we're heading in the wrong direction. We need to fix this. And then we're going to see a slow and steady repealing of things. 
Or option two is Iger's going to come in and the next thing you know, DeMauro's going to be silently severed. Or, and then Iger's going to bring in somebody new into that role to like step up and, and kind of fill those shoes and start moving in the right direction. Or if you don't see a repealing, basically what you have is Iger's coming in to put a brand new, a familiar face that goes along with happy memories and views, but nothing's really getting done other than to just change the face of leadership, to put a Band-Aid on a situation. You know, we talk about it all the time in, uh, in my profession. We notice something is wrong and versus actually fixing and correcting, we put visual Band-Aids on things yeah. in order to give the appearance of things are fine. And so you had kind of brought this up, so I do want to give credit where it's due as I, as I bring up this thought. But you, you've got to see one of those three things. Like, one of two things needs to happen. You need to see a, a reversal on the stance of tomorrow or a complete get rid of tomorrow from that role and bring in someone new. Otherwise, this is nothing more than a visual Band-Aid that, that does nothing, that does absolutely nothing really in the scope of what we have talked about on this show. I mean, if you go back to our show, pre-pandemic this show you and i've been doing this for what three three and a half years now yeah and um i i would decidedly say that the thoughts and feelings of our show have taken now now granted we both still love disney completely and um but i would absolutely say that there are more negative connotations over the last year year and a half than there has been you know if you go back to three years ago and watch like our first shows, it is just us gushing about Disney. And now it's us going, what in the world are they thinking with these decisions and trying to put rationale on them. And um, if we see a repealing of that, well, okay. So this is why Iger came back and uh, he's making those steps and strides to recreate the consumer experience to recreate that magic and excitement. There it is. There's the camera. <laughs> Yeah, I, what I put on Twitter was if there aren't, if there isn't a major shakeup in the leadership team in the next six months, they're basically just putting lipstick on a pig at this point. Right, because clearly the current leadership team is not heading it in a right direction. And so either the board agrees, and so Iger's job is to come in and clean a little bit of house before finding a suitable replacement, and hopefully this time more due diligence is done or they are perfectly fine with the direction that things going. They just knew that they need to shake things up for a visual, a visual yeah, I, an optics, it, an optics. It, it, that, that's the thing. I think, I think it's going to be really telling and stay with us over the next six months. Cause we'll dive into this as we find out what's going on um, and kind of bring you, the latest news on any changes in leadership, any changes in policy, that kind of stuff. You know, if you had a magic wand or a magic phone where you can call Iger right now and change one thing, what would that be? I get like, I get what you were saying about the entertainment, but at the same token, like at D23 and beyond, they have released, let's, Let's call it what it is. Like a major part of Disney Entertainment is the reworking of the live action remakes and the creation of Marvel content. And I I think that's pretty strong. 
Um, maybe there's a little bit of watering down going on, but I don't think there's big moves that need to happen in the entertainment segment. Um, I, I need to see some movement in a positive direction for the consumer in the parks. Very, very, very rapidly. Um, biggest thing is we can dial down the micro transactions and we can bring back things that make the experience. Like here, here would be a move. If nix the layoffs and bring back the dining plan within six weeks from now, like there you go. Yeah. Okay. You and I have talked a ton about how the lack of dining plan has greatly detrimented the consumer experience at the parks. Yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of like in my mind. That's one of two things that I think really if he came out and said hey dining plans are coming back i think you get a ton of people that say yes i'm going back to disney i think the other thing that he could say is we're going to put an accelerated time frame frame on all of our current construction projects to get them done as soon as possible and i think that goes a long way as well if one of those two things happens i think you're going to see a, a major shift in the mindset of people towards disney especially the fans of Disney that are kind of just kind of in the peripheral right now saying, I just want to stay away right now and kind of let things shake out before I decide what I want to do again. Well, it's like Epcot. I mean, it's been under construction for four years. I know it's completely torched. Now the plan is good and everything is good about it, but get the thing done or don't undertake such a massive overhaul all at once you could have easily ripped down small portions and done small portions versus rip it all down and slowly, you know, I just think how long that journey of water in that center area has yeah. been out of commission. And two, two major things that we're not getting, possibly three major things, yeah. Clay Pavilion, the upgrade to Spaceship Earth, and Cherry Tree Lane aren't happening. Right. So, you know, again... I think he's got a lot of room to work up from and let's see what he does over the next, you know, six weeks. And then sub subsequently the next six months um, to make the parks experience better. It's funny. It's almost, it's almost like we're sitting here, like he's president and like, we want to see what happens over the first hundred days of the presidency. <laughs> I mean, in, in all reality, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what you're going to do in the next three months to immediately shake this backwards or otherwise we're just we're just pretending because um yeah you and i just it, exhausted it's just an optics thing if we don't see major moves in in the next hundred days really yeah and then what i would love to see them do is i would love to see like almost a ceo election situation where you see somebody working hand in hand with Iger for the better part of the second year of this contract that he just signed to where we know that this person understands the vision of the company, the, the early vision. I, here was the biggest, my biggest knock on Chapik. Never once did I think the decision he made is something Walt himself would have made. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. You, you have it. You hit it right on the head right there. Um, we just got to our 15 minutes. Peter, where can people find you? Over on Facebook, find me at uh, Disney Travel Agents. You'll find Princesses the Mouse. And uh, would love to talk to you about your vacations, especially 
if this news has got you kind of psyched to see what's coming, um, get in touch with me and we'll get you going over there. This took all of our 15 minutes, so we're going to get to the rest of the Disney news in next Tuesday's episode. Um, so let's go ahead and get into tonight's top three. Business trip. Uh, the people do the wrong. <laughs> it does tingle a little bit. Alright, it's top three time. Um, if you're new to top three, what we're going to do is we're going to pull out a poker chip out of this bag. It has a number and on a spreadsheet we've got a corresponding question to go with that number. Um, if you want to be part of top three, you could submit your top three uh, topic to the DPI podcast over on our website. D-P-A-T-M disneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning and it's going to be up in the top right corner all right peter you ready to do this thing all right so we are looking at number there's last week's number 10 10 and number 10 is going to be 10 10 10 10 10 10 10 10 10 Things to do during Christmas time at Walt Disney World. All right, good. Like, if you would have said the one that I just added to the top three list, I was good. Matt, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot hit things so on the head. This is a good one. This is a good topic because this is, you know, the season we're heading into. We're going into Thanksgiving this week. Yeah, we need to start thinking, what the heck am I doing if I'm going down there during Christmas time? All right. You have 20 seconds starting now. Planning your first trip and getting overwhelmed by all the details? Planning your next trip and just want some new suggestions on things you haven't tried? Contact me at Princess of the Mouse Travel and I'd love to work with you planning your next trip to the most magical place on Earth. You can contact Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. All right, number three. You started last week, so I am going to start this week with number three and I am going to say to do the Christmas tree walk at Disney Springs um, really cool thing kind of outside of the parks free of charge um, and you get the snow but a lot of different um, organizations and companies put together these fantastic Christmas trees down one of the main thoroughfares in Disney Springs and you have a chance to walk through and, and check them all out. And it's it's a really cool, cool thing. If you've ever done um, a Christmas tree stroll in your hometown or done a Christmas tree auction, kind of the same principle. Um, they have a theme every year. And like I said, these companies and these organizations uh, come together and, and kind of try and put their tree together to best uh, encompass that theme. And you get the Snope, you get christmas uh music playing through it it just really cool part of of the christmas season down there that not a lot of people know about um peter what's your number three gonna be i am going to it kind of along the same idea as what you're going with but i'm gonna say if you go down during the holiday season take a day where you take a break and just go Maybe by making some dining reservations or just kind of planning your day in this way, 
just go check out some of the resorts and their holiday decor. Um, like, for example, a really cool thing to do, even if you're not staying in that area, something very easy that you could do for the day is you could jump on the monorail and spend a bit of time in Polynesian, in Grand Floridian, in Contemporary, and even jump the boat over to Wilderness Lodge really easily. And those four deluxe resorts have huge holiday decor in their lobbies to where if you kind of bundle it into maybe a, a dinner at Artist Point or a, a breakfast at Chef Mickey's or a lunch at Kona Cafe or 1900 Park Fair, like you could just spend a day kind of relaxing your way around from resort to resort, kind of taking it in, seeing what it's all about and, and really like enjoying some of the big decoration that occurs, especially all the resorts put up decoration, but the deluxe resorts go all out in decorating their lobbies for the Christmas time season. So I'm gonna kind of piggyback that idea that there are some unique experiences there that are not necessarily in the parks that are worth your time checking out while you're down there for Christmas. All right. That is that is a quality start. That is a quality start. Let's go to our number twos. So my number two is going to be to do the cookie stroll in Epcot. Um, this is one of my wife's favorite things to do. Um, basically, every festival at Epcot has some kind of work your way around the world showcase um, guide, basically. With Food and Wine, it's the Cheese Guide. Um, with Festival of the Arts, it's got a guide. With um, Flower and Garden, there's a guide. So, you know, each one of the, the festivals have their own guide. For the Christmas Festival, for the Festival of the Holidays, it's a cookie guide. And you can grab it at most of the little um, stands that are around. And it will kind of guide you around to all the stands and what cookies are at each stand. And if you get one of those cookies, which range in cost from about four to seven dollars per cookie, um, if you get all the cookies, you get a free cookie at the end. Um, and it's it's a really cool, fun thing. A, you can introduce kids to some different flavors, some different types of cookies, that kind of thing. B, it's just a lot of fun to just eat cookies and walk around Epcot and. Just make a make a night of it. Um, the last time we went down there for Christmas, we took one night, and that's all we did that whole night was just work our way around, get the cookies, stop and watch the shows that were going on, and just had a lot of fun doing that. So my number two, do the cookie stroll at Epcot during Festival of the Holidays. Peter, where are you going for your number two? So I am going to kind of piggyback on you again, because my number two was about Festival of the Holidays. On mine, for Festival of the Holidays, it is a really, really amazing time to just enjoy that festival in general. Now, Matt has a very specific thing to do, similar to the Emile's Fromage Montage and the Spike the Bee, Pollen Hunt, and all this other stuff. But... The Festival of the Holidays, one of the things that they really focus on as you go from country to country is displays, stands, and other things that celebrate the cultural traditions that are unique to Christmas time in all of these different countries. 
And so while you are doing that cookie stroll, make sure to really take your time and kind of bring in some of the different cultural things that these different countries do to celebrate Christmas time, because that's really what Festival of the Holidays is all about, is either showing you some unique traditions that they do to celebrate Christmas or other unique cultural religious celebrations that happen around this same December timeframe of the calendar year. So I'm gonna go broader and say, make sure that you take in all that happens in the world showcase in terms of decor and celebrating cultural cultural cele- um, festivities around this time of year and, and taking the other aspects of Festival of the Holidays over at Epcot. All right. Now to our number one choices. We could have made this extremely obvious and, and done something like do a, merry, a very merry Christmas party or something like that. But my number one is actually going to be enjoy Hollywood Studios. Um, I love Hollywood Studios at Christmas time. It is my favorite park. It is like, it hits my, if I was to live in any era time frame, it is Hollywood Studios at Christmas. <laughs> uh, that that late 40s, early 50s, into the 60s, kind of that that retro just tinsel everywhere big band music playing christmas songs just the feeling there is awesome um and then on top of that if you go usually either the first or the second week in november you can get yourself involved in some of the tapings that go on there for the holiday specials that are shown on thanksgiving day and on christmas day um and it's just it's a really, really, really cool park to be at during Christmas. And not to say that the other ones aren't, but man, there's just something about going and, and stopping at the trolley car cafe, getting a beverage, hanging out, listening to Christmas music, seeing all that tinsel and just, you know, knowing that you're at Disney for another day in the holidays. So for my number one, it is enjoying Hollywood studios. Peter, what's your number one? Okay. So, as you just kind of mentioned, we could really easily say, hey, go do a, a very merry Christmas party or things like that. But, you know, we're not going to go there because you and I have already talked about the, the Christmas party and what to do at it on previous episodes, including your incredibly fortuitous random draw the week that we talked about the Christmas party. But for me, here is my number one. If you are down there on Christmas Day, make Santa visit your room. Like, there are totally ways to get this done. Because you as a parent might be thinking, no, this is impossible. No, there are totally ways to get it done. Whether you sneak some wrapping paper into your suitcase, or you have guest services wrap gifts for you, or you grab wrapping paper while at the park, there is wrapping paper available. And it's relatively easy enough with a little bit of logistical planning to leave a parent behind or grab some stuff and have it sent to the room or held at at guest services for you to then, you know, just kind of excuse yourself from the room, head over to the main lobby, wrap up the gifts, have them stored at luggage services, let them stay there, sneak them into the room, hide them behind a, a curtain 
or whatever have you, or leave them up at Bell Services and then after the kids go to bed, go up on the night before and say, hey, I have those things that you're holding for me. Thank you so much. Sneak back into the room, <laughs> set them out for you. Like we have done this with our kids. We've been down there at Easter and having the Easter bunny visit while you're at Disney is just a trip. And so same thing on Christmas day, if you're gonna be there Christmas day, have Santa visit your room. And then to top that all off, have a reservation for Magic Kingdom, go do the special Magic Kingdom things, like see the special fireworks, like go on Jingle Mountain, all the things that are from the party that they do exclusively on Christmas day for those who are coming to that park that day. Have Santa visit your room, then go enjoy Magic Kingdom on Christmas day. If you are down there on Christmas day and celebrate Christmas, that is my number one thing that we need to be able to do if we're down there on Christmas. Yeah, we were down there a couple of years ago and, and we were able to do that. We took down a little mini tabletop tree and got some stockings to hang on the our hotel room door and Santa found us. Um, so it, it's a great thing to do with kids. Definitely want to continue just that tradition you know, it's not only something that happens at home, it happens other places too, and, and he's going to find you if you do the right things. So, Peter, where can people find you? Well, as always, you can find me on Facebook's the easiest way. Type in Disney Travel Agent or Princesses and the Mouse, and I'll be up there uh, relatively quickly on, on that uh, search results. And I'd love to talk to you about making this happen. Um, it's never too early if kind of hearing about this Christmas magic makes you go, oh, wow, that would be amazing. It is not too early to start talking to me about what December of 2023 looks like. In fact, I would even say with regards to our previous show, if you watched that one from last week, this is exactly what Matt and I were talking about. Uh, as close as you can get to a year out, the better. Yeah, it is. It is. And if you want to get those harder to get hotel reservations and that kind of thing, you want to be right on the ball when they release those rooms. Well, Peter... Thank you for joining us, bud. Have a good week, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Yep. Happy uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Eat a lot of turkey and watch a lot of football and spend a lot of money. <laughs> Bye now. Do you have questions concerning planning a Disney trip? Ask them live on the show or submit them on our website at patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning Hey, we're back live. Um, so yeah, a couple of pre-recorded segments there just so we could get uh, Peter on the show this week. Uh, definitely to talk about the replacement at CEO. Um, no more Bob Chapik, Bob Iger back in there. Um, so this week's client question is, is, is a, a, a pretty interesting one. Um, and this is going to change depending on your traveling style. But um, how much cash to bring for gratuities? And um, this is uh, Parma Ham Radio post to us. Uh, we are leaving for Walt Disney World tomorrow and staying on one of, in one of their hotels. How much cash should we plan to bring for staff gratuities and tips, housekeeping, etc.? And and which denominations? The uh, denominations really don't matter. Um, pretty pretty simple rules i think when it comes to me when i travel um if somebody touches our bags 
uh, they're gonna probably get two dollars per bag so every time that we take say a mirrors express or sunshine flyer or something like that the driver is gonna load and unload our baggage from the bus we're gonna tip him two dollars per bag so if, if each one of us have a bag that goes under we're gonna give him eight dollars um, at the end of the each trip so sixteen dollars for your transfers same thing with bell services if I'm dropping luggage at bell services say when I get to the hotel in the morning and then when I pick up my luggage or it ends up in my room I'm gonna give bell services eight dollars at that point two dollars per bag and again I'm gonna do the same thing at the end of the trip if bell services is gonna hold our bags while we go to the parks um, before we get on the bus back to the airport I'm gonna do the same thing again two dollars per bag housekeeping really depends um, I've done as much as ten dollars per night uh, to the housekeepers and one thing you want to remember is that put it in a little envelope or something so that the uh, the housekeeping team knows that it is a tip if it's just money laying on a table a don't leave money laying on a table in a hotel and b the housekeepers aren't supposed to pick up any money that's just laying there unless it's actually marked for a tip uh big boy danny is cool how you doing um so yeah so make sure you put it in an envelope or put a note with it or something like that some people like to do it nightly some people like to do it all at the end of the trip uh, just remember that sometimes you'll have different housekeepers throughout your stay, depending on how long you're staying. Um, and then once you get into the parks, tipping at restaurants, um, customary 20% up and down based off of service. So, you know, we plan on spending $100 to $200 a meal or a day on food. So you're looking at $20 to $40 per day for tips on your, uh, your sit-down restaurants that kind of stuff um, additionally if you're going to take any of the ride services now I don't tip the bus drivers for Disney but if I do take rideshare services like Lyft or the minivans or Uber or something like that you're definitely going to want to tip within the app now minivans you do you order through the Lyft service so it works the same way as just a normal Lyft and same thing with Uber it all goes through the service so you don't necessarily have to have cash for those tips but what's nice for somebody that does have an app like that is if they don't have to claim those tips, it's something that they can honestly get away with. Um, so something to keep in mind uh, and help out your, your rideshare service drivers. But past that, I really don't tip for much anything else. Now, if I do take um, a tour or if I do... Um, do a VIP tour or something like that there is gratuities expected on those sometimes so just make sure that you're looking at the fine print in those descriptions to see if gratuities or are recommended or allowed or expected on that kind of thing but you know on a normal trip you know on a four night five day trip which is basically kind of our normal trip we're probably looking about $250 worth of gratuity money, tip money throughout the whole trip. So just something to keep in mind, you know, roughly $40 to $50 every day. So 
hopefully that helps you out. Um, hopefully you get to hear this and take our advice. If you are planning on going down to Disney, you heard Peter say it a couple times in the pre-recorded segments, get in touch with us over on Facebook. It's the easiest way at PATM Disney Travel. Um, if you can't get a hold of us there, if nobody responds, we will. One of us will. Um, you can go over to the DPI podcast pages either on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on Twitter at Disney Insights. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Make sure you hit those subscribe buttons, like tonight's show, and share it to somebody. You know, drop an emoji in uh, comments, do something. Give us some engagement. Um, we really appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving week here down in the States. Uh, and if you do have any questions, reach out to us. You guys all have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week. Bye now. We kind of sort of had guest Peter joined us yesterday and pre-recorded the segments for the news and the top three yesterday. Um, you can get in touch with them over on Facebook at PAT. Catch us over on Twitter at Disney Insights. We're also on Instagram at Princesses and the Mouse and all, as always, the YouTube channel.